0: Alright, hello and welcome to the 46th episode of the Two Black and Nerdy Podcast. I'm your host, Chris.
1: And I'm your host, Chris.
0: And today, um, we're discussing uh, Matt Reeves the Batman. We have two fantastic guests with us today. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, we can, yeah, I guess we'll have them introduce themselves. So, um, first we have uh, Shelby. Um, Shelby's one of my friends. Invite her on because uh, she saw, them, you saw the movie pretty early like I did, right? The same day, like on the Tuesday, I think.
2: Yeah, on the Tuesday, right before the Thursday, so it's pretty early.
0: Yeah, you said you enjoyed it, so I definitely want to have you on. Um, Usually, so this is an interesting question. So usually for anyone new to the podcast, we ask them, like, what was the first nerdy thing that they were ever into? So do you have anything, Shelby, from childhood? Do you remember being, like, obsessed (laughs) with?
2: Yeah, I mean, the first nerdy thing I can think of, I'm going to go, like, way back and say... Mrs. Frizzle and the Magic School Bus, maybe. Yes. And then like maybe if like a little bit later, the Twilight Zone from the the OG Twilight Zone. Because I still watch it when it comes on the sci fi channel, especially like the holiday marathons. So yeah, Rod Sterling was the man. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's yeah, Twilight Zone. That's a good. You ever watch uh you watch Black Mirror? I haven't had an episode in like three years, like since before (laughs) COVID, I think, but yeah.
1: Because we're living in a Black Mirror. Pretty much.
2: Exactly. It's like life. We don't have to watch it.
0: And our other guest today is uh Camilla. Um, so yeah, well, Chris, you know you're you know Camilla from uh, I guess you can
1: so 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 Camilla's the homie uh you can find her on tiktok at ak at Bariqua wookiee you can find her uh wherever pods are cast with beings of the galaxy which is her narrative podcast that she writes and produces herself uh you may hear me on there or or not you never know um and yeah so i had to bring her on uh simply because once i saw i think it was the second time she saw the batman she took a notebook in there and took notes so i was like (laughs) yeah i
3: have 20 y'all no 26 was before i took my notes last night for my fourth viewing i'm probably at like 30 pages of notes on this movie because it is i'm obsessed with it (laughs)
1: So yeah, so same question to you, Camilla. What is uh, the first nerdy thing that you got into?
3: Um, I'm. It was. It was definitely Harry Potter uh, because I remember seeing the first movie when I was I was six when the first movie came out. Um, and we like my dad's work did a advanced screening type di- situation for um, for like an office party, and, and we all went to see Harry Potter. And, and then, yeah, and then we all, like, those were the first books I remember reading with, that's my sister and I like to say, oh, we learned how to read with Harry Potter um, because we started reading those books really young. So, yeah, it was definitely Harry Potter. And then, but, like, since since we're talking about Batman and superheroes, the first superhero I can remember being obsessed with, um, really early age as well, because it came out around the same time, um, was Spider-Man. So, I'm a massive Superman fan, but that love didn't come until far later. But Spider-Man has always been my first superhero love. So definitely Spider-Man on the superhero front.
0: Yeah.
1: Cool, all right.
0: Yeah. I was gonna say everybody, everybody loves Spider-Man. I think we've uh, we've talked about Spider-Man enough on the podcast for sure. <laughs> um so yeah, I guess we can just go into I guess we'll just go to everyone's like initial thoughts, reactions, the movie did you like the movie? What are things that stood out? And we'll just go around and get everybody's, uh everyone's opinions and just kind of go from there. So, uh, who wants to go first? Volunteer or victim? I'll,
2: I'll go first. Why not? Okay. I'll uh, jump right in there. Um, So, I, I loved it, obviously. um, Just kind of first talking about it on like a surface level, I really enjoyed the cinematography and like how beautiful it was. And it's, Probably like the most visually appealing Batman I've I've seen, um, and the per the per- the performances were like amazing. And everyone, for me, they brought it. You know, it's so like Zoe and Paul and Colin, and even uh, John Turturro, which was like a nice addition for me. I'm a huge Cohen Brothers fan, so seeing him outside of their world is like a really nice touch. So. Um, And then, of course, like I'm a recovering Twihard, so team Jacob and um, seeing Robert Pattinson in like another fan based heavy series was nice to see him kind of just carry it and like do it effortlessly, you know. So I I think, you know, overall, I think Matt Reeves vision was is pretty awesome.
1: What do you think, Camilla? Yeah,
3: agreed with all of that. Uh, a quick little retweet on my end. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, I, I was. I mentioned this earlier to all of you, um, but I'll share with the, the listeners. I'm actually, going into this movie, I was very excited for it, just generally, but I'm not a big Batman fan by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but this movie completely changed that because and i think the main reason why is because i never thought batman as a character could make me so hopeful and so emotional um because he's always struck me as like a very dark and brooding character and those are just not the kinds of characters that i connect with um but this movie completely changed that because it's actually like yes it is very dark but there's but it still like has a beautiful arc that comes around to those themes of hope um, and the fact that we saw Batman saving people at the end. And I was like, why does that feel weird? Like, why does it feel weird to see a superhero saving people? And, and that, that fact in and of itself was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is something really, really special. I mean, Matt Reeves directed the crap out of this movie, the, the, I just keep pulling back layers, like every single thing in it feels so intentional and specific. Like there are so many reasons why he did what he did. Um, and the performances are amazing. Robert Pattinson's eyes deserve an Oscar. <laughs> um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> Zoe Kravitz should be in everything all the time. Cause I never want to stop not seeing her on the big screen. Um, yeah, it was Colin, Colin Farrell was like, I keep every time I watch and I'm like, I try to see him. I just I can't.
2: Yes. Apparently Matt Reeves could, though, because apparently he said we went through so many takes in terms of looking at different makeup and different prosthetics. And I was so worried that I wouldn't be able to find Colin. But I really feel like we got a good balance. And I'm like, I can't see it. But I'm glad (laughs) you
3: do. Right. Yeah. Same. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm the the opposite of Camilla. I am a huge Batman fan. Um,
3: Batman, Sorry.
1: Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> OK, yeah. Uh, Batman fanboy, for sure. Um, my first probably first superhero I watched, favorite superhero. Pretty much every iteration, there is something about it that I love um, to the point that when I pass the bar, my brothers got uh, Kevin Conroy to congratulate me via cameo. Uh, he did the so. voice
0: for the Batman the animated shows like 90s, early 2000s, if anybody didn't mm-hmm. know.
1: Yeah, so uh, going into this movie, I was pretty excited and I absolutely loved it. I'm like halfway through the film. I don't even know if it was halfway and I'm just like, this is already giving the Dark Knight a run for its money in my heart. <laughs> And um, I, I I just loved everybody's uh, take on each character from Pattinson being Bruce and Batman, Zoe Kravitz being Catwoman, uh, Paul Dano as being the Riddler, Jeffrey Wright as Lieutenant Gordon, Andy Serkis as Alfred, uh, Colin Farrow as the Penguin, Colin Tut- or uh, John Turturro as Carmine Falcone. It, it was just each each character hit. And they took their own spin on the characters and you can see like the different Easter eggs from different comics or the animated show or earlier movies and it's just like just all blended together. And one thing that I'll definitely touch on later but Camilla already talked about is this I think this film does the best of showing Batman as a hero to the people of Gotham and not just a superhero.
0: It's a good point. Yeah, no, I mean, we we can talk about the ending, but it was definitely going for like a, <sighs> I want to say like a Moses vibe towards the end. But uh, yeah, I guess I'll um. Yeah, yeah. I'll
2: get. I guess I'll up on
3: that too. Like yeah. going through the red like parting the Red Sea, and like the, the sea, sea like, yeah, 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 with the torch, and then yeah. like the
2: wide shot, like it was like a ha, yeah. they were
0: like, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I had uh, I had echo pretty much what everyone else said. Um, yeah, I mean, going into the movie, I was cautiously optimistic. I was like, all right, it's in its own universe. They're letting the director do his thing. So there shouldn't be a ton of, like, studio meddling or a ton of reshoots that make it disjointed. So, I mean, yeah, I really enjoyed it for the most part. You know, especially, I knew it was a longer movie. So I'm like, oh, I hope it's not boring. But I enjoyed, like, the the mystery aspect and slowly, like, peeling back the layers of, like, what exactly was going on. Um, you really got to like you really got to get to know this Batman emotionally more than I think some of the others like I definitely I mean I like him as a Batman definitely more than Bale um, for sure you know and then I I think Affleck was probably the better fighter but I felt like this Batman was definitely like he definitely had a little bit more character to him like for sure um and yeah I mean Zoe Kravitz was great, Jeffrey Wright was great. Um I forget the name of the actor that played the Riddler, but I also thought that he did a good job. The Penguin was amazing. I think my favorite mm-hmm. scene in the movie was the uh the chase scene. Chris, you remember we were in the theater like drove the car through the fire and then you see like the Penguin in his car, the upside down shot and everyone just starts mm-hmm. clapping and I was like, "Okay, yep. yeah, it's a good movie." That's when I knew. I was like, "Yeah, it's, you know, it's a good movie." So um yeah definitely yeah i definitely enjoyed a lot about it i really liked we can get this later like i enjoyed the take on the riddler just because i feel like the riddler is a very like goofy villain and they were able you know they they definitely made him like a 4chan reddit like like a new age like almost like a the like Reddit-ler. yeah like almost like a new age like i don't know what term you want to use like a like an alt-right type person or like an incel or whatever, like someone who's just like super online, like a part of a cult, you know what I'm saying? So I, uh, yeah, I definitely enjoyed that tape for sure.
2: I think Paul Paul Dano and Matt Reeves, they both worked on the character. And I think Paul Dano said in an interview that they really wanted to kind of model it off of like the Zodiac killer in terms of just like, how he kind of went about his stuff um, <laughs> and bring it into this universe. Um, and, and so they kind of, you know, obviously made it their own. Uh, but I think that was where they were going, coming from, I think.
1: And I definitely think it hit. Um, and also one thing just to talk about the Riddler outside of the movie, but also inside is the marketing around it. Like there has not been, for for me personally, there's not been this good of marketing for something since The Last Jedi. It's just something when things hit with red, when marketing is red, superhero sci-fi doesn't matter, it just hits. Um, But in terms of like marketing the fictional world in the actual world, I think the last superhero film to really do this was The Dark Knight with the Harvey Dent campaign. And so... With the Riddler, you know the Rattlerada website. They just yesterday early morning, the website was finally complete, and it just downloads a zip file of all the notes and things that they got from the Riddler's apartment. And you know there there are ciphers in there and hidden messages. So like, this is is not just like yeah, it's this movie, but there are things to come, and that's just phenomenal to me.
3: Yeah, I like downloaded the zip drive of the photos at like 3 a.m. <laughs> people were talking about it, and that wasn't a good idea because it freaked myself out. <laughs> I was like, I was gonna live. Like, yeah,
0: he can go to bed after that. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, no, I like had to the the like the pictures of the how the like rat cage works, and then like going through his journals, and at the end, it kind of looks like there's like a face in the page. I was like, uh-uh, nope, not good for my soul before bedtime. We are turning off this phone right now.
1: I was talking to some of Camilla and I's, I's friends about it, and one of our friends downloaded everything and printed out everything, and it was like laying it out on the floor like you know uh so he could see like the whole picture and everybody was just like i'm waiting for the riddler to just come out of nowhere and just hit you with the tucker
3: <laughs> yeah we were all on like a video call <laughs> he did that and somebody could have he had like a a zoom background so you couldn't see behind and it's like yeah what if like the riddler just showed up and knocked me out i was like Mm-mm, i know uh goodbye good night everybody i'm going to bed
2: can we just talk about how terrifying that first shot was because i wasn't expecting him to be there and i wasn't i was like there's no jump scares in this right (laughs) and then we're like we're watching and i'm like okay so we're like watching something unfold and then in the background paul dano's just like breathing and i'm like oh wow oh wow (laughs) and (laughs) and that was like terrifying i don't think i've ever been terrified almost in like a in a batman movie
3: Yeah. And it's because you, like, when you first see that shot at the very beginning of, like, looking through the binoculars of this kid, you, like, you don't know whose point of view you're going through. And you are automatically thinking, oh, it's going to be Batman, because this feels like a Batman thing to do. And then, and then when you see that it's not Batman, we, everybody in the theater was like, when Uh will that happen?
1: Like, yeah. He's just he's just talking on the phone, the camera pants like behind him and he walks past and it's just the riddler there. And I'm like,
2: oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and then, you know, he's just he's just standing there.
2: Yes. Like still. And I was like, oh, wow, this is about to get real, real fast. Like (laughs) the movie just started and it was so violent, like that whole scene i was like is the was the really really supposed to be like this i'm so used to like campy jim carrey like i <laughs> i didn't think the riddler was that violent but i was wrong
1: he was just very <laughs> in that yell that he does like it's just a short animal guttural yell just <laughs> and just hits him and i'm yeah. like okay all right oh. yeah all right just jumping in with both feet uh and bringing up the the jim carrey thing the glasses that jim carrey wears before he goes riddler are the same glasses that Paul Dano's wears over the really? mask. I, I don't no know idea. if they're the exact same like pair but they're modeled after. Really? But, like that's you so can see cool. they're wow. like clear plastic ones, rectangular, yeah. That's 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 cool.
0: I really enjoyed how this movie used. Uh, we were talking about cinematography, like how the movie used like shadows, where like you didn't know if Batman was going to be there or not. I thought uh, mm-hmm. they really tried to like you know dig into like the fear element of Batman quite a bit, um, which I don't I don't think has been seen in as much in movies as uh, at, until now. So I thought that was um, I thought that was super cool.
1: I think so. This was probably my favorite Batman introduction. Uh, that showed one aspect of the character. I think the only other one would have been. Um, the in Batman versus Superman, Ben Affleck's like literally being like a bat. And then just like scurrying across the house. Like, other than that, I feel like the dark with the the with Batman begins. Most of Batman's introduction is happening off screen. As opposed to,
0: I have being not seen Batman Begins in years, so I could not. Tell. <laughs> the Dark Knight, I remember. The Dark Knight Rise, I remember. Batman Begins, I don't. I it's been so long since I've seen that movie.
1: It's it's him fighting the th- uh, Falcone's thugs, and so most of them are disappearing. Whilst you're focusing on another thug, and then he's like, "Where are you? Here."
2: And then you oh.
0: grab. Him and oh, then, yeah. Yeah, I, I vaguely I remember Killian, that actually. right.
2: It was the with the Sandman or something in that one.
0: Oh, uh, Scarecrow. Yeah, like Scarecrow. The, yeah, yeah. He had the like the the um the dust or whatever.
2: <sighs> yeah,
0: Fier-toxin. he had to get the, yeah, the f- toxin. Yeah, and he had like what was it, like a what's the Scarecrow mask made out of, Chris? It's like a it's like a potato sack type deal. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, all right, so do we want to just, want will just go through each character, just give us our thoughts. So I guess we'll talk about, uh, yeah, we're already talking about Batman. So Robert Pattinson as Batman, how do, how do, how do we think he did? A lot of, okay. uh, a lot of discourse going into this one. He's, uh, do we feel like he's redeemed himself from Twilight? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This,
1: but this movie wasn't the one that did it. No, it wasn't. Uh, no, was no. It? he's it was been in other movies stuff. I didn't mean did. to undersell I'm just like...
0: him. I'm just saying.
1: So what think, is, like, oh, he can Devil, act,
2: act. Yeah, I think that's what really. As a movie person, I'm really, I really, really enjoy good performances. And he may not be in the greatest movies, but he does really good performances. And lately, his like choices for movies have been great. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen The Devil All the Time, but on Netflix, um, but that's really good. Um, so you know really good performances I think this is a pretty good performance by him it was really restrained and he typically is like kind of like all out there <laughs> so to be like this restrained and like really see like the trauma in his eyes and like constantly feel like anxious for that man. and well you know and um yeah, I just I think it was a pretty good performance. I think that it may do it injustice like to compare it to other people because it's like a totally different, you know, he's playing a totally different um, Batman, you know, so he's playing like a younger, like more. I think he's only been Batman for, what, two years mm-hmm. at this mm-hmm. point. And, and so I, I, you know, I think he played it well for what was expected, I think.
1: He's also our age. Just throwing that out there.
2: <laughs> Batman or Rapunzel?
1: Batman. Yeah, because you know it's like his his parents died in like 2001 or 2002 when he was eight, so he's a 93 or 94 baby. Awesome. I love that. He-
2: Can we also give a a round of applause to Matt Reeves for sparing us the trauma of having to watch his parents die again? Yeah, seeing his parents (laughs)
0: die, his mom's pearls fall to the ground. Yeah,
1: And it was still, their death was still important to the plot without it being shown. Yeah, I
0: would Mm -hmm. agree.
1: Thank you. (laughs) So I, I remember when they first announced that he was going to be Batman and uh my brother found out first and he was like calling downstairs or across the house to me that he was and i just with all like the contained like anxiety that i had i was just like i'm gonna give him a chance Because uh, it was it was for me, because it's like, it, it's a rite of passage for everyone that's ever been cast as Batman. And, like, everyone's upset
0: at for first, and then they're, yeah. admitted, you know. that
1: everyone's like, he can't be Batman. It started off from Michael Keaton all the way through Robert Pattinson. So I was just like, they said the same thing about Ben Affleck. I loved Ben Affleck as Batman. They said the same thing about Christian Bale. I loved Christian Bale. So I'm just like, I'm going I'm to give him a chance. And I'm glad I did, because he he absolutely rocked it. Um, I know a lot of people are complaining. They're like, "Oh, he's not the playboy Bruce Wayne," and I'm just like, "He got he he he." So you're just like, he's gonna respond to this trauma about his parents being murdered and just be like, "I'm just gonna have so much sex." <laughs> like, no, <laughs> no, like he 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 he. As he said, his legacy is the bat. His family's legacy is the Batman. So he's putting everything into that and I think it's going to play into the Batman is the real person and Bruce Wayne is the mask but he has to learn how to operate within that mask and how Bruce Wayne can help his mission as Batman outside of just the money and performing the uh function of providing the technology for him
0: yeah I mean Batman's always uh Batman's always who he really is they always say like Bruce Wayne died in the alley. Because even, um, I don't know, Chris, I don't know if you remember the comic. They did a comic where it was like uh, it was like Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman meet for the first time. And Wonder Woman mm-hmm. uses the lasso and Superman and Batman. She's like, okay, who are you? And Superman goes, oh, I'm Clark Kent. And then Batman just goes, oh, I'm Batman, right? Because that's who he, you know, that's who he really is. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think he... I mean, this one, I mean, clearly they were trying to show, like, that he he was, like, not okay, like, as a person outside of doing his Batman thing, and that's, like, all he was really focused on, um, for sure. And I think they were definitely alluding to the fact that, like, I mean, they alluded to his mom being in Arkham Asylum and having, like, mental health issues. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure that definitely played a role in him as well. So, um, I definitely thought that was that thought, thought that was an interesting, like, twist they did with his parents. Because, like... Usually, I mean, for a while I feel like Batman's parents were always like traditionally like, oh, okay, they were nice and they died. But I feel like in stories recently, especially in comics, they've added a lot more like lore to his parents, where like they were a little sketchy or a little evil, or you know, they had like some things in their past they covered up, which is like, yeah, I mean, rich people definitely would. So thought that was um
2: thought thought that all was uh
0: interesting for sure. I really
2: liked... um that Mary's mentioned that this isn't really an origin film for Batman's per se. It's kind of like an origin film for Gotham, just in general, you know, kind of like what's lurking in the darkness. Right. Cause we all just assume, you know, it's bad. There's always that joke that like, Gotham's really just New York. Um, and, and so we kind of just get to kind of see that through, you know, Robert Pattinson's, you know, Batman. it's kind of like at this point, well, he didn't kill anybody. I think they're still trying to figure that out. At, at this point, him would just be like punched or be punched. Um, but um, in terms of you know how you survive in Gotham, but um, you know it was it was really refreshing to see um, his performance in that way. Yeah, I feel
3: like we've got we got the least amount of Bruce Wayne in this movie than we did in any Batman movies, and he is easily by and far easily my favorite bruce wayne um favorite bruce wayne portrayal um because of the fact that we're seeing like this very emotional stripped down broken bruce wayne that just it just makes it makes sense for the character at this point in his story and then it also will be so fulfilling like i can't wait i can wait because i actually don't want to rush these movies because people are like i know a lot of people are like i need the sequels now 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 and it's like this movie is so good because it took like four years to make and so it's like i'm glad we're getting the tv shows to kind of help temper the excitement for the next one so hopefully like we're not rushing into the sequel or however many um but it, it the, the way that we have Bruce Wayne in this movie has me super excited to see, like, what his character arc is going to look like as he's moving forward. And like you said, Chris, about how he's, he's like, okay, now I have to figure out how to help. Like, how does Bruce Wayne still help to make sure Batman can still help? Um, and how the two of, how, like, Batman and Bruce Wayne can work together to make sure that they're helping Gotham. Because... Um, I mean, I love it's that scene with Bella Real in the um, at the memorial, and how she's like, "You've been doing nothing," and he's like, "I've been doing everything," is what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. But in the in the in the scene where they're watching uh, Thomas Wayne's speech, Thomas Wayne that says that giving back is our family's legacy, and that's another thing that is just like the theme of themes of legacy and like what is your what is a legacy? <laughs> It's planting seeds in a garden you never get to see, which is—I mean—that's Thomas Wayne essentially. Mm-hmm. It's like he play, his seeds that he planted were Bruce Wayne and and Martha too. That's the other thing that I love—that like addition of the lore about Martha um, and like adding that adding that in and her being like an Arkham because then it, it, it like also is Bruce. A lot of this movie is like Bruce and Batman facing his past and seeing like, oh, it's not the rosy colored past that I thought. I I thought I, in one of my notes I was like Bruce is essentially coming down to the fact that like his family were white saviors and he's coming to the realization that like they weren't doing like that there there that there's a lot of um, um complicated things in this history and it's not as super shiny as he thought it was going to be, and then there's like a reconciliation of like, oh my gosh, I wasn't involved in any of that stuff, but it's still affecting me. Where's my place in the story? How am I going to help? And like a lot of like work that he's going to have to do in terms of looking at his family's legacy and how it affects him and how he's moving forward and operating and helping Gotham and not repeating his father's mistakes.
2: And I I relate that to, this is going to be kind of like unrelated, but related um, How I Met Your Mother, there's a episode where it's like the glass-shattering episode. So, like, you see somebody in one way, like you said, rosy-colored light, and then the glass breaks, and then you see them for who they really are. I feel like that is kind of what happened, like you said, with Bruce Wayne throughout the movie. It's just like he starts to see, like, maybe my parents weren't as innocent and rosy as I thought they were. And maybe this is something that I have to, like, further... You know, look into, and in, especially when it comes to him just learning more about himself and his legacy, like you said, and what he wants for his future. Um, and can we just talk about this scene with him and Andy Circus? Like how beautiful that scene was. Like I was like on the verge of tears on that scene, but he's like in the hospital, mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh my gosh, like ah, just it was it was so beautiful.
3: Yeah, it's like Batman is a detective in this movie not just in like figuring out this crime but eventually he has to learn how to be a detective in terms of uncovering his own like in, in, his family's history and finding the truth because this movie is it's all about unmasking the truth and um and he has to find out the truth and when he goes to Falcone, he gets one truth and then he gets the truth from um from alfred and then and then it's like once you have the truth what do you do about it and how do you move forward
1: Yeah. So, I and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna search for this quote because I reread the Court of Owls storyline after I watched this movie for several reasons. Um, but there's a quote that Batman says about being a detective, and I, I and I gotta find it. Um, but one thing uh, about uncovering his past in is that he saw that that even good people will do bad things to protect the ones they love and now you could say that thomas wayne should have known what carmel carmine falcone would have done he certainly knew what he was capable of but you got to see like okay did you know thomas wayne just Think like, oh, he'll just, you know, scare him and that'll be enough, or bribe him and that'll be enough, or would it be something like he's just going to turn a blind eye and not really worry about it? I, I, and how does that fit into Bruce's moral code? You know, he's like, you didn't pull the trigger, but you loaded the gun. No guns. That's your thing.
2: (laughs) Great line.
1: There, so uh, JJ, uh, Freddie's roommate on TikTok, he was saying that Commissioner Gordon, since he was black, should have been been able to say nigga once. Oh my <laughs> god, and he said that scene was where it should have been, where it would have been, you know, like you like, no guns, nigga. What do you mean, we? <laughs> who, is we? Yeah. who is
0: we? Yeah, oh man, I got
2: the, the biggest laugh of the night. <laughs>
0: Um, do we I guess we can go through the characters. You, you want to just go ahead and talk about talk about Gordon, Jeffrey Wright, just go through?
1: Yeah, I Sockle feel like people him. aren't talking about Jeffrey Wright enough. Can we
2: Amazing. talk
0: about He was a good time. Gordon. He, I knew he literally the first scene he was in, I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's Gordon. He's got like the the wrinkled coat and the glasses. It's like, yep,
2: yeah, that's that's who he is." Mm-hmm.
0: He looked just like him for the most part.
2: So does Matt Reeves, by the way. <laughs> Matt oh, with the mustache, <laughs> like,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah. I mean, Jeffrey Wright's amazing. I mean, his just looking at his history of characters and who he's played from MLK to, you know, he always plays these like super, you know, intense characters, and it's interesting because he's no, he's not commissioner yet. You know, he's still, you know early in his career too so to kind of see you know where his growth comes from right throughout the different detective scenarios and his relationship with batman over the years grows so it was nice to see them play off of each other um and see jeffrey wright really do him justice especially because he would be the first black um care you know a person to play that character right so Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah I, I think he did a great a
3: great job yeah I loved I loved everything about his his Alfred and his dynamic with Batman that scene in the um in the in the holding cell I think is what it is mm-hmm. where he's like let me let me handle this chief and he's <laughs> and when Bruce is and Batman's like not you too you're siding with them too and then we see oh no he is definitely not siding with him and I think I find that so so interesting about his character is that like oh he's been with these police this police for so long and he's been with batman for two years and he hardly knows batman but he trusts him already far more than he trusts his fellow cops um i think says a lot about his character and the fact that we know that like like when before batman goes to confront um Riddler, he says to, to Alfred, excuse me, Alfred, he says to, um, Gordon, you, you're a good cop. Um, and like, we have that running throughout that, like, oh, the Riddler's not after you because you're not corrupt. And so it's like, we have that lens that like, Commissioner C- or Gordon, uh, only trusts Batman. And we know that he's a good cop and he's not corrupt. And all of these other cops don't trust Batman. So it's like, how do they how do they get to like trusting Batman? And once they get to that place of not trusting the system, but trusting this like external person who's like not corrupt, then and then we start seeing that like I, I like love that how, how like I keep calling him Commissioner Gordon. He's not Commissioner yet. <laughs> Soon to be Commissioner Gordon. Um yeah, how he's like the how why i'm very interested in why he trusts batman so much um and he hardly knows them i think that that like dynamic is really interesting
1: for me uh so i absolutely love jeffrey wright as gordon jeffrey wright is a phenomenal character actor um and i think that of all the gordon batman relationships this is the one that there's a scene uh in in the Batman hush storyline where Batman is on the verge of killing the Joker. Like he is like seconds away from killing him. You know, he's choking him out and Gordon is retired at this point, but Gordon shows up and he like shoots the tip off the ear of the cow. And he's just like, you know, he said essentially get off of him or I will put you down myself because I will not let him turn you into a monster like him. And i feel like this is the only gordon that could pull that you know all the other ones had like a a working relationship but this one is like a legitimate bond Mm -hmm. between the two Mm -hmm. um and also like just the way jeffrey wright delivers this like several different lines throughout the film like the thumb drive Oh, this guy is hilarious. Or <laughs> just like so we got to get you out of here, man. <laughs> you know, I saw someone like tweet like the way Jeffrey Wright says "man" is like he thinks that Batman's last name is actual man. <laughs>
3: I love the scene when the two of them when the scene with Penguin when he's like, Well it's great as detectives and they like look at each other because they didn't pick up on the fact that that was bad Spanish. And mm. then just like the, and I love like when Gordon is is yelling, like the the I I I'm like I, I play piano and so and I play a couple instruments and so I like I always like think about things a lot of times in terms of music and just the music of that scene and the way that they're like talking back and forth in their performances and the way that they um go at each other just the way that it builds and then like breaks when they look at each other and realize oh my gosh wait did we miss something just like continually throughout the film i feel like these two they're obviously insanely smart but there are so many times where i'm like you both are so just like dumb with your one single brain cells <laughs> <laughs> i'm like when when they said when they said a, a rat with wings, my first thought was like a bat.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> too. yeah,
3: I thought too. Yeah, and I was like, "Am I smarter than Batman?" Which is not <laughs> am I at all drama? accurate? <laughs> drama. Do you, um, yeah.
2: <laughs> do we ever uncover how he's so good at riddles? you know like he's just like immediate he's like boom 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 I'm like how is he this good with solving these things like
1: I mean that's just kind of how it is in, in the comics it's just like really? okay. when the plot needs him not to figure out the riddle so quickly he will not he figure it out yeah, quickly yeah, yeah, yeah. but when he when it, it'll just be like this long intricate riddle that's like two pages manuscript and he's just like justice and everybody's like <laughs> Uh, it, and so, um, I think when, when, uh, that like Camilla was saying, he it like, it's a bat and they're just like stool pitching. What, what I was just like, y'all don't got Google translate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it, it was just like, that was, that was, that was bothering. So I, my, my minor was Spanish in college. So like when it was like, I was just like, that's not right. That that that's not right. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh and um then uh when when they're you know, like penguin is there and he's just making fun of them. And I'm just like, that's real bold considering they can just leave you there, which they did. Didn't I was gonna say, um, didn't they
2: just leave him there? Yeah. And that, he
1: waddled away like a penguin. Is, and I was just like, Yes.
2: I was so happy that they put that in there. It's like a little bit of a wink to the audience but I also want to, like, say just back to your point, Camilla, about, like, you know, his instincts to trust Batman. I feel like it also gave us another... Because we're so used to, like, Alfred being kind of like his pseudo-dad in a way that maybe he has also other, you know, positive influences in his life outside of, like, the women, right, That, that he trusts and that helps build his character, right? So I guess we're learning also that Gordon had a very you know, deep connection with him in that way. And so if they trusted each other. And so this was another kind of layer to who Bruce Wayne is and, and his growth. um, And that maybe also like Gordon just is also kind of that figure for him outside of Alfred.
0: Yeah, I mean, almost like, uh, I mean, he, he needs a friend for sure. Gordon's okay. probably the closest he has to a best friend. And I think, um, I mean, usually isn't, I mean, Chris, you can correct me go- if I'm wrong. Usually, like, Alfred and Gordon are, like, two of, like, Batman's, like, really, like, like, yeah, like you said, like, his almost, like, his morality checkers, right? Like, when he's about mm-hmm. to do something unethical, usually it's between either Alfred or Gordon. It's like, hey, what are you doing? You don't do that. You're better than this. So, yeah.
1: Until Dick Grayson gets older.
0: Yeah, yeah, until, yeah, besides the Robins, yeah. That's a whole, we'll see <laughs> no, if we no, even get No, not just there. the
1: Robins, only Dick Grayson. Dick is the only one that can check bruce
0: well yeah because he's he's grown mostly most of the time yeah
1: jason will try to call him out and bruce will just be like i got crowbars in the back no i'm just kidding
0: <laughs> <laughs> do we want to talk about uh let's talk about catwoman and zoe kravitz what do we think
2: woo woo, she did so good number one i was so excited to see um michelle Hallie and Anne congratulate her, and you know, welcome her into the the womanhood that is a uh, Catwoman. Even though she's not really Catwoman yet, right? And this, she's she you know is learning who she is. She's peeling the the layers back of her history and trying to find out who she is. She's like in a motorcycle suit, and she's just trying to figure out like why Gotham is so crazy, and trying to figure out you know what happened to her. I guess it's her girlfriend um, or her roommate slash girlfriend. Um, (laughs) um, And um, I think she did good. But also I thought it was really cool that apparently that I didn't know that in the scene where he's like, "Got a lot of cats. And she's just like, I have the thing for strays. Apparently that was just on the spot. Like they just, she just decided to add that on there and that reads allowed her to do it. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Cause that was a really good, you know, moment between them um, that was ad lib. So I thought that was, that was great. Um, But yeah, she had, I mean, looking at like the fight scenes and stuff like she did so good. She's so small, you know? (laughs) So for her to like have these like pretty like cool fight scenes um, and, you know and to be able to carry that character that character is heavy you know and for her to be able to do it in the way that she did i think was was really great
3: yeah i'm obsessed with her she's so amazing <laughs> <laughs> she i loved i love i love yeah i love what you said about her not being fully catwoman yet and like going through her own journey and and trying to figure out her own um Identity in her own place. in, And I think that's like. That's like all of the characters. Are kind of in their interactions with that. It's like it's a mutual. I love how it's a mutual thing. Between the two of them. Where like she teaches. Um, she teaches. Um, Batman things. That he needs to learn in his journey. To becoming hope. And not just vengeance. And then he teaches her things. in her journey to finding like to not to not lose herself as she comes to kill uh, as she wants to go kill Falcone um and so yeah there's like a really beautiful like mutual relationship between the two of them where they're on an equal playing field that you don't often see which i mean ties back to something we're going to talk about with like how this movie just is so resonating with a lot of uh female audiences in a way that it hasn't yet um and and yeah and like Catwoman and Zoe, Zoe Kravitz definitely, I think, contributed to that. Um, and she like has her own desires, she has her own wants. She's not afraid to like throw Bruce's goals out the window when she's like trying to find Annika in the 44 below. Um and um and yeah, and she's like her own full person with her own full arc and 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 emotional arc, which I absolutely love. Yeah, and her fight scenes are great, she literally looks like a cat. The one scene where she's like <laughs> trying to get around him in the mayor's mansion. I was like, she literally looks, she's a cat. She's a literal yeah. cat in this scene. Mm-hmm. She um, into a cat. She I did. Like her eyes. I was like, I've seen cats do that to me. <laughs> this, is, this is a cat actually.
1: Yeah. They made her a cat in mannerisms other than creepy things like l- licking herself um, or, or licking milk out the bowl with other cats at very weird choices on previous male directors' parts. Um, I I also love her reactions to Batman just appearing out of nowhere. <laughs> just like from the from the first one, he's like, "You're getting pretty good at that." Just like straight up kick. because <laughs> like, every time Batman just appears out of nowhere, everybody's just like, "Oh my god!" And her is just like, "Jesus, man."
2: She's fearless, clearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She can take care. She's
3: got nine lots. Don't throw your life away. Don't worry, honey. I got nine of them.
2: Yes, honey. I literally snapped when she said that. I was like, yes.
3: <laughs> yes, you do, which means I can't wait to hopefully see you again.
2: Exactly.
0: What did she say at the end when she was leaving? She was like, yeah, I'm going to go find some like hedge fund managers or something like that.
1: Yeah. She's going to Bloodhaven.
0: Yeah, they're they they do not I mean, I'm curious if they'll put her in the sequel or not, but that's their way of like, you know, they can bring her back whenever they want to. Um I did like and I, yeah, I did, yeah, I liked I liked Zoe Craft's Catwoman. I really liked uh, I liked the scene, yeah, when she was in the club and, you know, she's talking to Batman through the the thing and you know, they both have like they both have their own goals and their own like intentions and they, you know, the banter back and forth I thought was um I thought it was really good and you know her confronting her dad too because i mean she was going to kill him like he was going to die if batman mm-hmm. hadn't shut the uh didn't he shut off the electricity in the building yeah yeah
1: you're like yeah. you've suffered enough <laughs> i was just like hmm. <laughs> but the scene before she first goes in with the contact lens where he's just like looking at the contact lens and he like puts his hand on like lifts her face and then it like zooms in and he's like looks good
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: literally I, the, the movie theater last night I, i'm pretty sure there are people in there who had not seen it based on some reactions but that scene when he's like zoomed in and then he looks good and looks back and the like sexual tension breaks there were people in the theater that were like
1: what <laughs> we're like,
3: no. <laughs> like,
1: i feel bro. like i feel like there were three instances in that movie where it would have been just like batman catwoman were just like And now they bone. And it just didn't happen. (laughs) No, it didn't.
2: You know how much of a connection you have to have with your your co-star to be able to have that and portray it to the audience and then have it not be, you know, forced, just be, like, organic? Like, you know, even in them doing photo shoots together and obviously interviews together, like, I know they both got people but uh (laughs) that chemistry there (laughs) is real oh that's all i will say it's all i will say
3: so real the scene where this is my other favorite one is no, no, they're all my favorite but when he's fling her in the mayor's mansion um after the cop is like coming in and he like grabs her and takes her and he's like holding her nose his like hand over his mouth And it just, like, slowly zooms into them, the two of them holding. And at first, it's just, like, it's, like, oh, no. Like, she's, like, what? What's going on? What's going on? Stop holding me. And then it slowly just gets, like, very romantic and very beautiful. And I was, like, I feel this in my soul.
2: She was, like, no, wait. No, wait. No. Oh, I like this. This is great.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. There was just, like, you could tell that there was, like, a that they were both, like, on adrenaline and they were both like oh no we have to hide oh no wait he's holding me i'm holding her what's going on and then slowly they're both we don't have to go (laughs) uh, they're
1: both like oh my
3: yeah (laughs) literally literally it's so i'm just like this movie was so romantic and so beautiful and i'm such a romance like nerd yes Sigh
1: i i know there the scene where uh at the very end of the movie where they're in the uh gotham square garden and uh batman's like knocked out and you know she bids out they go and kiss and like you can see like he kisses back and i see some people on twitter that are just like batman's a simp and i'm like and you wouldn't be
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're just gonna be real like Zoe Kravitz is the moment. You you you're just gonna tell me you wouldn't? Okay, yeah. Stop true. lying to yourself. Yeah, I They're saw out here trying to call themselves what alphas or sigmas now. Like, stop it.
2: Six. Oh my god! Why? If Zoe Kravitz blinked their way, they would be like, huh? You what? know. So whatever.
3: I mean, she says it in the club when he's like, he's like, I need you to look back. She's like, if I look back, it's gonna be a whole can of worms. And and just like as she's walking down and looking at all of these men in the eye, and I'm. And I just love like her power in in those scenes because again, because she is so petite mm-hmm. and you can tell that like she's had to deal with men yes. like this for so yeah. her entire life. I mean really growing up in the club when Bavin was like when she's like, My mother took me, he's like to the club. <laughs> 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 like yes Bruce yes, yes oh, I, right.
2: I, feel like, I feel like that scene right there kind of also showed him being like immature when it comes to women almost like he like doesn't really know how to talk to her or he doesn't really understand so I think that was the thing too that people were wondering like is this the first woman he's like had these feelings probably for? it's not really oh he's before the Batman the book read
3: the Um, book. Um, but there's, yeah, like that, it, it hints at it. It hints at, there's another, there's a woman in that that's like, it's like before, before the the cat woman is, is (laughs) um,
1: but, uh, is it Jezebel jet? No, I'm just kidding.
3: (laughs) I won't say anymore. Um, but, um, but read it, but yeah, no, it was like, I was just like this sweet, this sweet child is is like so True. he's so like he really likes her but he doesn't know how to talk to her and that scene in the um after he um makes his own like little Riddler face in the in wayne tower mm-hmm. and how he's down like looking through all the renewal stuff mm-hmm. and then like selena is there and, and it's like where are you and he starts talking to her. his face and how he's he's just like so enthralled by her but it's just like so restrained and doesn't know how to talk to her because because like he even though like she can't see him it's like he is unmasked on his end and he is in a very vulnerable place where it's like he probably is feeling like oh she is seeing bruce wayne right now
2: mm-hmm. and and
3: mm-hmm. it's like the first time that we see bruce and selena interacting with each other even though like selena doesn't know who she's interacting with um and then, and then, yeah, and then obviously he meets her as as Batman. But like, I also really love the um, when Selena talks about how like for for all she thinks like may, th- maybe Thomas and Bruce deserve to be with uh, Bruce Wayne, deserve to be on the same list as Savage and and Coulson and stuff like that, and and how that like really resonates with Batman. So that at the end. He's even less likely to tell her that he is Bruce Wayne because he knows how she feels about people like Bruce Wayne. and so that could then motivate him to be like, right. I don't want to be like the like the what Selena thinks Bruce Wayne okay. is.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that'd be an excellent point to bring her back in the se- second one, but I got my ideas on that. Well we'll get
0: there. <laughs> All right, uh, let's, uh, we, we've touched on a little bit. Let's talk about, we'll, we'll just talk about all the villains so we can talk about Riddler, uh, Falcone, and then um, the Penguin as well. So what are our thoughts? Uh, what are, I mean, we've, we've mentioned some of it with the Riddler already, but what are our main thoughts about like the villains in this movie? Is there anyone better than Heath Ledger in the Dark Knight? You know, everyone has yeah. that debate every time a Batman movie comes out. So uh Yeah.
2: I, well, Paul Dano just has a special place in my heart. I love him ever since um, Little Miss Sunshine and Prisoners. And he's just such an underrated talent. And I just love him. And he really puts his all into all of these characters. He's very much a character actor. Um, And so the fact that he felt the need to rap himself and cling rap while playing this role is insane to think about, but that just shows like how much he cared to really bring this character to life. And I think he did a really good job in also being sure not to replicate what you think a Joker would be. Like he was very much on that line of like Joker and 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 Riddler in terms of how he was acting. Seeing the I mean, geez, this the scene where he's like singing Ava Maria while, you know, it's so it's insane, but it's it's I hate to say it's beautiful because it was a very bad scene, but but it was like, oh my gosh, like he's really going for it in this moment and And you can tell almost Robert's like, wow, he's really going for it. You almost can see that. You know what I mean? I feel like they did that in probably like one take, maybe, maybe two. Um, But the Riddler was definitely a breath of fresh air to see something different because I was excited when they announced that he was going to play him. I know people were like not excited about his outfit. Um, (laughs) They didn't like, you know, the mask or anything like that. I was, I was fine with that. I thought it was it was it was fine, but um, I think he did a, a really good job, and I, I think that he understood the character really, really well, especially like the psyche of the the character. He really wanted to bring that out, um, and I I don't know. I feel like it, sometimes you kind of felt. That's why I guess this movie's so good because you feel things that you feel like you're not supposed to feel. But I, at times, I felt bad for him. You know, you know. <laughs> You know, it's just all over the place. But maybe that's just Paul Dano and me being, you know, partial to him, but um, <laughs> but I think he did a good job though.
3: I mean, I totally get that that feeling of like feeling bad for him because it's it's like he did it's not his fault that his circumstances were what they were. It's not his fault mm-hmm. that he was an orphan. It's not his fault that the orphanage was horrible and didn't take care of him the way that he needed to it's like it's not your fault you were responsible for your choices as a result of your circumstances so and and something else that like I loved like I loved his performance and I think if we're comparing him to Heath Ledger's Joker Heath Ledger's Joker did not terrify me the way that Paul Dano's Riddler did because like you look at Paul Dano and you look, or you look at the Riddler and you look at the hat, the end when he's like, I got my followers. You guys are going to do this. I, the first time I watched it, I, I quite literally clutched my chest Um, and was just like, like on terrified the end when you see that shot of those, those um, his copycats and his like followers in the garden with those rifles at like, that was terrifying. And it's like terrifying because you're like this, this is real. Like there's definitely someone out there who was like the Riddler, you yeah. know, and, and would get followers like that. So it's like that this movie then terrified me in a way that like none of the other Batman movies did and probably won't ever because of like how real this movie is. And then, and yeah, and it's like the fact that some of the things he was saying, like you, you just, you, you were, you kind of cringe. Cause you're like, I, it makes like, it makes sense. Some of the things he's saying, it's like you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong, dude. And and it's when like these villains are not wrong and are and are right, but it's like turned into okay, what are you doing about it? Um, as you're unmasking and murdering people and going into like murder everyone in this arena because you believe that you are a but that you are like I was thinking as I was watching you know, like you Riddler, really, you're recognizing that there's corruption, but what gives you the right to determine how to dole out justice? You know what I mean. And I think that like that's something Batman is rec- wrestling with as well. Like, what gives you the right mm-hmm. to dole out the justice that you're just you're doling out in the way that you're doing it?
0: I saw. A and meme. then, sorry, sorry. Oh my God, oh my God, sorry. Go you can go. No, okay, I'll, I'll go real quick. No, I saw a meme that was like, I was kind of with the Riddler until he flooded the city. Because, like, yeah, at the beginning, he's, like, he's going after, like, legitimately, like, really, like, terrible people. So it's like, okay. And then he floods the city, and you're like, yeah, okay. All right, this is this is whack. You can't do that. What are you doing? So, yeah, I thought that was, um yeah, I thought that was interesting. Sorry, what were you going to say, Shelby?
2: I was, I'm sorry. What I was going to say was um that um, in Paul Dano's defense, just because if you play the character, you have to know that they're right, is, what doesn't give me the right to do this because no one else is doing it, right? Gotham is a crap hole right now. <laughs> There's so much going on and I'm the only one that could save it. So what gives me the right, what What doesn't give me the right? Mm-hmm. And, and also, who are you? And mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, like that's basically like what he's looking at him at, like, you know, <laughs>
3: That's so good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that is. Uh, uh, now I want to watch it again with that perspective.
1: So so I'm very glad that y'all brought up Ave Maria because I have a lot of thoughts on that, given the history of the song and, and what it means. So uh, Ave Maria is is Latin, but it, it's a song that reveres the, the Virgin Mary. And so um, when the Riddler is singing it, Musically, they they changed it, and I had I had to look it up because it sounded different. It sounded more eerie, and so what I found was like the theme of it uses the first six note pattern of Schubert who wrote Ave Maria. It uses that melody, but instead of rising to the major third on the fourth note of the phrase, it only rises to the minor third, and so that small change is just like it makes your ear just go, this this isn't some something's, something's not right here um and so when you have him using this song that's a song of reverence but instead is a song of vengeance for him and how one of the um one of the prevailing themes throughout christianity is the um is renewal rebirth and so you know it's old things are washed away that's what Riddler is trying to do here and so when he you know floods Gotham and he's trying to make everyone he's washing away the sins of Gotham and when Batman falls into the water it's a baptism for him because he comes he falls in vengeance and comes out a hero so it had the reverse effect that he thought for for uh, Batman Um, but I think it's just, and then one other connection is, so this song was also based off of, uh, like the the Lady of the Lake, the the poem, and so there is this um, reference to it in the the lyrics that said, "Thou canst hear through from the wild, thou canst save, um, thou canst save amid despair, safe may we sleep beneath thy care." though banished, outcast, and reviled. And you think back to when Riddler was talking about in the orphanage, dirty people would sleep in a room and every winter a baby would die because it was so cold and those just those themes throughout it.
3: Wow. Dang. The religious imagery in this movie is just like... Crazy. There's so a lot, definitely a lot, quite a bit. Far
1: beyond just the Jesus pose that we get in every superhero <laughs> film,
3: but that's the thing. Like I was, I was talking about that with a friend to Krista. Like the imagery of that that last scene in the in the in the garden when in the when he falls and, and that entire and then leading the all of that is just I sob every time I watch it because it's my favorite thing. And like that whole the baptism and the rebirth imagery, um, and um and and I was like telling that with my sharing that with my friend. And he was like, oh yes, the classic Jesus imagery. And I was like, but like Batman's not a Christ figure. Mm-hmm. It's, Usually it's
0: it's Superman it's is
3: more than Batman yeah. most of the time. Exactly. Exactly. Because it's like, it's the fact that it's the the sins of the Father shall be visited upon by the Son. Um, shall be visited on upon the Son. And the fact that like it it's it's not it's not at all Batman as a Christ figure. It's Batman as like an everyday person who's very it's like has all of these sins on his shoulder and like how does he deal with that and then it's like that baptism that rebirth um into coming into the decision okay like i i recognize that there is a lot of like pain and 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 darkness in my family's legacy what am i going to do about it i'm going to be different i'm going to be hope um and then something else too that like i picked up on last time i watched it as i was like journaling about it is that this, so the number seven is obviously is a is like a very important number as number of completion that you see throughout christianity there are seven days between halloween to november 6th and this like movie takes place over seven days there are seven victims and one of them is, is an unintentional victim so like the the riddler has like seven victims lined up and then there are seven vans that blow up along the seawall to bring in the flood to bring into the day of judgment. And then the fact that like that happens over six days. And then on the seventh day, you have this like rest imagery in the way of like, okay, this is how, how Gotham then is getting reshaped and now like we're resting on this day. And then we have to like move forward and change. And it's, and like that whole religious imagery and like the day of judgment, it's just, Ah, it's rich and it's so full, and I just would like to sit down with Matt Reeves and be like, "Can we talk
1: about? Can we talk?" Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had to put one more seven in there because for for those seven vans, you know, bringing in the day, of judgment, the seven trumpets in the Book of Revelations that herald the apocalypse, and each one went off, and I was just like, I had to look at, I was like, wait, I think there are seven trumpets, so I just googled it. There are seven trumpets in the way that the women like boom. <laughs> yeah
2: look, look. That's
1: also epic. what are what are the the uh the batman's theme what is it horns
0: oh yeah yeah Wait. Bum, chris bum, you get bum, an a bum, chris bum, and camilla you guys get a's on your uh on your reports okay just, <laughs> you know a, a plus on the
2: assignment that's all i'm gonna say i also want to just add in there i'm a huge nirvana fan okay mm-hmm. And so having something in the way backing the detective story, it's just like, oh my gosh, like having like the parallels of a troubled, tormented rock star and the main character basically having like those same like issues is was like definitely not lost upon me. I just remember learning how that song was made and how Kurt Cobain was like on the couch chilling. And one of the producers is like, hey, what's that that you're kind of, you know, strumming there? And he says, oh, just something. And they kind of, and at the time, um, they had no idea what the song would be. And they kind of just started strumming it together. And he, I mean, if you hear the words, he's not really saying much. Um, but it's just like so dark and so beautiful. And he's literally singing it laying down. Um, That's why it sounds like that. And it sounds like they slowed it down almost. So it seems even like more ominous. Um, But I just love that. It was just like, oh my God, Nirvana, like the the kid in me, the huge like grunge Nirvana fan was so excited to hear that.
1: I'm glad you brought that up too because Camilla and I's friend Malik, um, he is a huge Kurt Cobain fan. And so he, when I, I was on his podcast earlier this week, and he was talking about the kurt cobain references because there are a lot and they're intentional between bruce wayne and kurt cobain and one of them what he was talking about how um that uh the kurt cobain recognized the effect that he had on you know society and his listeners and it wasn't always the intended effect just like batman was having an effect on gotham where he has the i am vengeance line in the beginning and then the redditler says it at the end and then he's like oh wait okay maybe i need to do things differently and also what is so we see batman take gunfire all the time but what's the one that knocks him on his butt a shotgun what took what did kurt oh Cobain use?
2: stop stop my brain <laughs> my brain
1: so yeah, so so there's just a, a ton of imagery and symbolism and references to, to pull out um, um, from this from this film.
0: I gotta watch it at least like three more times. It looks like. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: well, okay. So I, one thing I one thing I will say is that I did like the twist that like the Riddler was inspired to be him by Batman. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of discourse around Batman. Like, does he really help the city? Because, like, there are certain, like, Batman villains that were, like, kind of always there or, like, would have been there regardless. But there's a lot of, like, problems the city has, a lot of villains that end end up showing up because they're inspired by Batman or they want to challenge Batman and whatnot. And I did, like, you know, how that turned his motivation at the end that, like, he has to change and, like, you know, and go be with the people because you know yeah being vengeance is not enough to solve the problems that the city has and i feel like that's a debate that people have had about the character for a long time you know i've seen uh like people argue back and forth uh chris be like is batman a cop or not i feel like that you know is batman like a super cop or you know something like that so i i enjoyed that that was um played into this movie as well
2: he does go around with a lot of unchecked privilege.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's it, always the there there's always that joke out there that says that the reason why Batman isn't fully masked is so the cops can see that he's white. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep.
3: Yeah, I've seen. Yep. Yeah. And I mean I love that like, yeah, he walks around with a lot of unchecked privilege and it takes Selena to be like, yo.
1: Like you must have grown up rich under there,
3: right? Exactly, exactly. I love, I love. Yeah, I love that she's the one to check him on it, and the, and I, and I love like again the scene where the second scene on the, I think I don't know if it's the second one or it's the same one, but she says to Bruce, like, if we don't stand up for people like Annika, no one well Everybody cares about these, all everybody cares about are these white privilege assholes, and the yes. fact that it's like the Riddler, the Riddler had his own blind spot. In the mm-hmm. sense of like he's going after all of these rich guys, and it got Annika killed. And Annika was definitely not on the Riddler's list mm-hmm. of people, but it's like the fact that, yeah, the Riddler had his own blind spot, and the fact that yeah, nobody is going to talk about um Annika's Anika, death or any of the other casualties. And like, and like that also is a wake up call to Bruce to be like, oh, there are people. There are people who like really need help beyond just like these like main high profile cases that get put on the news. Um, and like, yeah, again, the Riddler, like you get it. You get why he's coming after yeah. these big big guys because they are horrible people.
2: Are we going to talk about the final scene? Yeah.
1: Oh, I wait, we're still on villains, right? So we, 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 we drifted, but we got to get the penguin.
2: Oh we right! Gotta, oh, yeah. We yeah, got go, yeah. yeah. we'll go to we gotta
1: give Colin Farrell his <laughs> flowers.
2: Well, I I think that well, number one, I think it's funny how Colin was like, I totally wanted to be a part of the the movie, and then they were like, hey, we want you to be penguin, and he was like, really? <laughs> just <got> <laughs> and I was like, you pause. We all were so sure that you would be really good, you know, and he obviously was, and. I almost left also thinking like he was underutilized in some ways, but then learning like they're gonna kind of redo the h b o show and focus more on him, I think that that's awesome, you know to be able to expand more on that and I love how Colin decided to um really take the gangster route and he's more of kind of just like those like you know classic new <laughs> say New York. Uh, <laughs> gangster type of you know, uh, person, and like he had the voice that was like, I don't know where these voices come from. From these men, I mean, he's from like Dublin, Ireland, I don't know where this voice came from, but it's amazing. And, um, I, I, I of course, we just talked about it, but I love that we got like a little like winky walk, uh, penguin walk, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, it's I'm, I like the reimagining of it cuz I feel like if we got the Dan- Danny Devito now it would be like ooh <laughs> you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm glad that we got the reimagining of it and I'm glad that we also see Penguin in the very beginning right he's very much he wants to control Gotham he wants like this power it's almost like he has a sense of it he, he but there's other people that are like calling the shots almost especially at the very end um um, I've only seen it once. I want to see it again so I can get this right. But I'm sure Camilla, you may know what I'm talking about. But like When he's like, you know, under the light. And then I think it was, wasn't was Penguin under the light. Somebody was under the light. Okay. And it was just, it was just amazing. Like that whole scene and the way like Colin acted in that scene, you know, it just, it was, it was very chaotic, but he, he did a, a great job. And I'm just so we're gonna talk about my other beloved Irish actor later, but this Irish actor um, did a very, a very good job. But a very American story.
3: <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah, no, I love. Yeah, he he was he was amazing, and he was also like, you kind of write him off at the beginning as like an idiot or whatever, and and the fact that my friend made a good point that like there's this whole car chase but the dude that's not even like the main like not actually the one pulling the strings um and it is not actually the like main villain um uh, he's just like a henchman and like him being a henchman of Falcone, i loved and then and then yeah and then scene that you were res- referencing the um the end where like bring the rat out to the light brings Falcone out to the light and then like penguins like you you're the rat like you're just, you're horrible blah 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 and it's like using that moment for him to rise to power in the sense that, hey. like now we have the in the end the end bruce uh in his uh, ending uh, voiceover says like there's gonna be or no um selena says it. she's like there's gonna be another power grab and like now we know okay so the power grab in the beginning was like falcone orchestrating that power grab and there was no batman to, and there was no thomas wayne obviously because he was killed um to stop these guys and now there's going to be another power grab but now we have batman um to get in there and hopefully stop the power grab or from penguin who's now feels like it's like setting up like penguin getting after his own power grab and then also i hope i hope i don't have they announced like if bella royale is going to be in uh, the penguin show i don't think so i would have to
1: imagine she would
3: Yeah. Cause that's what I was saying. There's like a lot of, there's like a lot of parallels between her and Thomas Wayne. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the fact that like in the past, the past power grab, there weren't any like figures able to stop it. Now we have like Batman and hopefully uh, Belle Real doing the work to stop Penguin's power grab. Uh, but yeah, I love how it like sets up him stepping into his own, like there's so many characters in this movie who are just like stepping into their power and having mm-hmm. their own it's not a Batman origin story, but there are characters who are having origin stories within yeah. tier two. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Uh, so do we wanna I, I have one thing, but we that, that'll tie on the ending for sure. So uh all right, Shelby, if you wanna you wanna go ahead?
2: Sure. Um it's just because I love Barry Ke- uh, Keoghan. He says it's either Keoghan or Keowen. I'm just gonna say Keoghan. Um, but I love him with all my heart, and I'm so excited that he was able to play this very small role. Um, apparently, there's another scene that Matt mm-hmm. said he's gonna release that we'll see, and I'll be waiting with faded breath to see that. Um, the bear is just amazing, and it was his brother ruined it for m- mostly like everybody <laughs> when he liked a comment about him playing Joker, but um and then people were very um skeptical we didn't obviously because of keith ledger um but we knew it would be at the very end and i'm glad that matt um reeves decided to keep it in the movie because otherwise he said when it ended it just kind of ended with like catwoman and batman kind of just going on their separate ways and it kind of felt like there wasn't like high stakes it was just kind of like oh the movie ended but then like to see that scene where You know he's talking Riddler's talking to like this I think he's he's unnamed prison um in in the credits unnamed prison um person or whatever um that then Matt says yes that's the Joker but it's hearing his voice hearing what he says about you know people not believing you they think you're a clown that type of thing you know, it's all, it's also like in his, in his mind, he's like kind of rising up to become what we would later know as the Joker. And it also gives us, you know, like, Oh, wow. Like Gotham is getting worse. And we thought that we had gotten this really bad person. And then, you know, it's kind of like back at Arkham. And then it's just like Riddler and the guy next to him. It's like, you know, is the, is the Joker and. Um, I think Barry did a really good job with the voice, and we only got to see very small, like, side really of his face, but um, just to hear what Matt had to say about how he wanted this Joker to be, like, based on, because the Joker's based on like a silent film or something like that. The man who Uh, laughs. The man who laughs, right, Um, and so he wanted him to play kind of something like that where it's almost like psychologically um, he thinks that that something got played it's like it, it something that a joke got played on him because he was born with this condition that he's smiling but he can't help it and people actually see it as like an evil thing and they see it as something that's very off-putting and so he thinks that he's a joke to everybody so then he's like I'm gonna play a joke on you you know type of thing um, so he said that is where that joke where his joker is coming from. So it's not, you know, the uncontrollable laughter that Joaquin Phoenix had. It's not the, you know, the in the dark night we got like, oh, you wanna know how I got these scars and it changes every story. It wasn't that. It was just basically off the diet, like psychological condition. Um, but I think that Barry did a good job and I can't wait to see what the des- deleted scene is. Um I've heard some rumblings about what it's supposed to be, but I'm I'm just super excited. I'm a little bummed that he says that he, Joker may not come back, and I get it. You know, you want to expand, but I just love Barry so much that I just want everything great for him, and I just, <laughs> I just want him to come back.
0: Yeah, he's, uh, he's in Marvel movies too. He'll be okay because I'm sure you saw Eternal, everyone's right?
1: everyone's course, favorite cult yeah, leader in yeah, yeah. the Eternals.
0: He'll be he'll be fine. Yeah, I'll I be mean, be you know. To... Sorry, I I was going to say... You're
2: killing me, you're
0: killing me. Well, one thing I was going to say is that uh, I initially was not super, super excited because I'm kind of over the Joker in movies just because, like, Batman has, like, pretty much some of the best villains, like, ever, and there's a lot of them that have been put to film. So, I, you know, they're doing another Joker, and that's fine, but I just hope they they make sure to include other villains in future movies and there's definitely like things i could see them doing for sure but i want to see uh i want to see some other people show up but if they're doing if they're doing a penguin spinoff show i think that is also a great way to include other characters that either wouldn't be in a movie period or you wouldn't want to have a whole movie dedicated to them uh for sure
1: speaking of other villains in terms of sequel hopes, uh, what other villains would you want to see in the Batman Two, or what I want them to call it, the Caped Crusader?
2: I heard a lot about like Mad Hatter, like that. That would be cool, um, and I would also because we've gotten so far with technology and. I mean, I'm a 90s kid, so, like, the, you know, the Batman Forever, Batman Returns, Batman and Robin, those are my Batmans, right? So, I would like to see some of those, maybe, like, Mr. Freeze, but, like, with our current technology. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: Let's kick some ice.
2: (sighs) You know, the thing is that that Arnold
0: portrayal, I feel like, really actually hurt Mr. Freeze's, like, street cred, because, like... His portrayal, like they they in like the animated show, they made him like he's like a super tragic character, and it's very mm-hmm. like he's actually a really good villain. But that portrayal, with Arnold is like, stuck in people's brains, and people are like, Mister Freeze, no way. <laughs> uh, Chris, I think they should do the uh, Court of Owls. If you guys, for those you don't know, Court of Owls is pretty much um like a secret cult of rich people that are just in that have been in control of Gotham pretty much forever and were, were Batman's parents a part of the court or did they like rebel against it Mm-mm. or something like that
1: no so his parents were pretty much un, uninvolved with the court his great uh, great grandfather knew of them and tried to, to to fight against them and they ended up having him killed yeah so
0: yeah I like to see the court uh, Clayface is also another one that I think would be interesting I don't know if it'll fit I don't, I don't know if they're, I don't know if in this like universe, are they, are they going to have characters that have powers or not? That's one thing that's interesting. Are they going to keep everybody like non-powered, right? Cause he's got, he's got people like Poison Ivy and stuff like that, that like have abilities. And I'm curious, I'm curious if they will have any of those characters like in this universe or not.
1: They should, because we honestly haven't had a Batman character with powers since the nineties movies. So they need to expand into that as well because that is a part of of Batman. Um, I I want them to do Hush. You already laid the groundwork. Yeah, they for did it. lay
0: the groundwork for that. Yeah.
1: And so, so how I would do it is for the next two is so the next one would be Hush, and it's Thomas Elliot. But we know unless this Thomas Elliot's father rejected his family's wealth, this Thomas Elliot isn't rich so you could say he was propped up by the court of owls as to sort of you know like lead this sort of like savior philanthropic campaign that bruce wayne was supposed to do you know and he's you know pumping money into gotham after the blood and everything and it just extends the court of owls control where uh through it and thomas Elliot thinking that thomas wayne had his father killed is now setting his sights on Bruce Wayne, finds out Bruce Wayne is Batman. So then you weave in, you know, he's trying to hurt Batman and Bruce Wayne where he can. So he goes after, you know, Gordon, Alfred, Selina. You bring in some of the other villains that are in there. Mr. Freeze, Poison Ivy, other villains that may or may not have already existed in this franchise. And it all weaves them all. And you know, you, you, you get your, your sweet berry in there because the Joker plays a part in hush as well.
2: Yay.
3: <laughs> I saw a rumor that um um what's her face? Um oh my gosh. Anya Taylor Joy was oh. having was in talks for Harley
2: Quinn. Hmm. Oh, okay. I can well, see that. Love her. She's very Be- tall though, so and Barry's very short.
1: So, hey, tall queens can get with short kings. Uh, uh, I mean,
2: if Tom Holland proved that. We're not all
0: Tom
1: Holland. Don't, though, don't bring up Don't bring up Tom Holland here. That man manifests everything. If he manifests his way into the Batman franchise, I'm I'm activating the Sinister Six billion. We're going after this man. Oh, Jesus!
0: Uh, but.
1: That's awesome. Speaking of another actor, another prominent actor in talk to- that was in talks for the Batman that we never heard about anything, Oscar Isaac was in talks to be in the Batman, really? and we never heard anything hey, else Knight, about it oh, other that than sense. that. Okay. Well, th- th- I mean, he still he could be Harvey Dent, he could be Mister Freeze, he could he yeah could he be Hugo could be Strange. Strange something. Yeah.
2: Would they allow him to do what Marvel allow him to do that?
1: They're letting Andy Circus do it.
2: It's yeah.
1: true. A lot of like- if- and Jeffrey Wright cuz he was the watcher in What If and you know, he's Commissioner Gordon so you know it seems like, you know, Marvel and DC actors are just just yeah. completing the bag now. And Barry but, is in
0: both, so, you know. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> and then
1: James Gunn uh, you know, is doing Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and he did Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad. Marvel actually let them film on their set for Guardians of the Galaxy 3 for, like, part of that final episode of Peacemaker. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Did you see it? Did you ever watch like,
0: Peacemaker, Chris?
1: Yeah, I finished it. Oh, you didn't finish it. Um, it so M- Marvel and DC execs are just, like, you know, shaking hands. It's the fans that hate like, each get other. Get
2: the bag together. Yeah, they're, <laughs> right? really yeah, they're like,
1: yeah. you see those those nerds fighting over there? We're going to get <laughs> their money. You, you in on this? Yeah, man. <laughs>
0: Those <was nice>. nerds. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh and this is one this is one more thing that i have done. Uh one storyline I think they could do is uh Chris, you remember the war of jokes and riddles? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So there's a storyline pretty much where like the Joker and the Riddler start beefing and they both and they and both of them they start getting a bunch of other like supervillains on their payroll to like fight each other. And it gets so bad and like the violence in the city is so bad that like Bruce Wayne can't deal with them all as Batman. So he ends up, doesn't he, like as Bruce Wayne, does he like sit him down? Like, Mm -hmm. doesn't he like sit him down for dinner, like a negotiation? (laughs) Oh, man. So, I mean, yeah, there's definitely quite a bit, quite a few things they could do for sure. And one thing, oh,
2: sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I'm gonna say one more thing about As- Oscar Isaac. If you have not seen Scenes from a Marriage, please do. It's very good.
1: <laughs> I've I've heard so oh, much about that. Um <laughs> so so Chris, you know Nicole who's on the No Way Home uh, podcast. Yeah. She she is uh, the CEO of Oscar Nation. And yeah, so she definitely I is. have learned so much about Oscar Isaac in this past I don't know, doesn't, 13, 14 months of knowing she, her. She
0: cosplays uh, Poe from Star Wars like all the time, right? Oh
1: yeah, Moon Knight. Uh, she's reenacted like some, some other things that Oscar Isaac has done because she's a, she's an actress. So yeah, tr- tr- I, I, I've, I've heard lots, lots about it. Um, but w- one one last thing to sort of end off on is. Uh, Things that both uh, Camilla and Shelby have uh, latched on and talked to uh, is the female engagement with this movie and how that this that has been a lot more prominent than other um, Batman movies and even just a lot of uh, superhero movies in general. So I'm going to. Mute my mic and and let Camilla and Shelby have the floor. I'm not gonna say nothing. Oh,
3: this would be so sexy! Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's like it's it's um, it's it's like so emotional. Like we've just it's it's what I mentioned earlier about why I love this Bruce Wayne is that in the like compare. I don't know. I would love to see the timestamp of how long. Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne versus Batman versus Christian Bale versus in Bat- Ben Affleck with all of their, like how long they were Bruce and Bruce and how long they were in Batman. Um, because it's like, we have so little time with Bruce in this movie, but I know so much more about him. I've connected with him emotionally. I understand his struggles. I understand his journey. And that's what it is, is that there is just like an emotional sensitivity and intimacy to this movie that does not exist in the other Batman movies. Uh, And it's like, it's, it's not, and, and it's not afraid to make him actually vulnerable and like emotionally vulnerable and stripped away versus like in the other movies, it's, we get, we get down to when, when, when Christian Bale, this is what popped in my head, when he's like at his end and he's emotional is that it's like, it's about saving a damsel in distress and saving Rachel and how he failed to do it. And it's not about like his own personal internal struggles. Um, But um, yeah, like you said, Bruce Wayne is only in four seasons of the Batman, Chris. Um, And so it's like, it's like, yeah. And then, and then, and then his relationship with Selena is that it's not about like him saving her constantly. She's like, I can take care of myself. I'm going to run this show Like, you are helping me in this instant. I'm not helping you. Um, And so, yeah, it's just, it's the, it's, it's that we're looking at a Bruce Wayne who is vulnerable for himself and isn't, like, vulnerable because he's trying to save, save this, like, damsel in distress. And also, he's just, like, the fight scenes are not. Like, it's not like he's just punching. Like, there's there's there are things It's not just about him, like, showcasing his masculinity. And I think that's, like, the headline. It's not about him being like, oh, I'm a big, tough guy, superhero. I'm going to beat all these bad guys. Like, that's not it at all. And I love it.
2: I agree. I agree. I retweet everything you said, too. And <laughs> um, I think that we got an equal part, uh, equal partnership, which is very important for the Catwoman and, and the Batman. And I think that it's important to not focus on the physicality. I know I was, I was watching it and I was like, are we going to get any like shirtless seats? And then I was like, wait, let me not think about that. Right. We're not supposed to think about that. And we got two scenes. One scene, he was putting a shirt on. And the second scene was like, you know, another, it wasn't like a full-on glamour shot, right? And we didn't get, you know, we got her, he was peering through her window, and so we saw her putting, like, I think her um, her, her suit on, right? So there wasn't, like, a lot of, like, overtly sexy type type of shots. So I appreciated that. It was, like, really focused on the detective story. She wasn't sexualized in the way that sometimes Catwoman has been in the way, and it's just mainly about, you know, what she wants to do for her friend and her goal and what she will do and what she won't allow him to do to stop her from getting to her goal and accomplishing it. Um, She doesn't take, she doesn't ask him for permission to do anything. She's just going to do it. Even when he's like, okay, we're doing this. She's like, fine. But then she's still going to do what she wants to do at the end of the day. You know, he's like, don't take out your, you know, the, um, the 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 contact she's like uh yeah (laughs) you know she just takes it
1: out
2: whatever you know she doesn't care um and it's not in a defiant way it's just like she's a strong you know independent she's been independent her entire life obviously um and she's not going to take any mess from him and it's it's appreciated to see like that uh, a woman be portrayed in that way and she doesn't need him to save her even though he feels like he does, I feel like in some instances, when like you said, like in in the scene where he's just like, where are you, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. It's just like, she's like, I can take care of myself. I'm good, you know? Uh, What about you? (laughs) You seem to be having trouble too, you know? (laughs) Um, So it's it's an equal partnership. I, I enjoyed that. I appreciate Matt Reeves really, really focusing on the stories and their emotional connection and showing, like you said, the nuance emotion that is Bruce Wayne and learning more about him than we have in any other film <laughs> um, and having that emotional connection for him and for Selena as well um, and then just being able to have that strong just, you know, female Storyline aligned with Batman and not feeling like one's lacking, right, or the other. Like they're both portrayed in a very equal way.
3: Yeah, you just you as you were talking about like him not just like saving her throughout the entire movie, it made me think about like okay, so when are the instances when Bruce went, when Batman is going to save Selina? Um, because we have we have moments where he's saving her and we have or, like not saving her, but like. Yeah, essentially saving her from Falcone. But then also, like, she saves him at the end from falling off and, and defeats the guy. And I was thinking about that scene in, in Falcone's hangout spot um, and his, like, lounge and how... What... It's it just, like, the light bulb went off in my head is that Bruce is not... It, Batman isn't saving Selina physically. He's saving her from becoming something, like when he says to her, um, you've paid, like you've suffered enough. He's saving, He's it's, he is caring about her emotional we- and mental well-being, and it's not at all about him, like I'm going to save her because she's hot and she's pretty and I liked looking at her and I think she's sexy and I like making out with her and so now I have to go save her. It's not that at all. It's like he's completely focused in, on her emotional and mental and like her soul well-being, and it's like the fact that he sees her be like he's uh, he's not looking at her for like he's not going after her and chasing her for her body. And I'm like, why is that? Shouldn't be like revolutionary? But he like cares about her mind. Right. Thank you. And, oh <laughs> my gosh! It's like I made mm-hmm. I made a video on TikTok talking about the shirt the the shirtless scene and how the shirtless scene with Bruce um, when he's like doing his like laying out all of the pieces on the floor how like we have in Ben Affleck and Christian Bale's shirtless scenes it's completely different and it feels different because with Christian Bale and Ben Affleck it's like look at me I'm pumping iron I'm like getting, muscle, getting like big and it's like we, we like we don't care but like with Robert Patson it's like mm-hmm. it's it's one of the few times we've seen is Bruce. He's completely stripped down. He's very vulnerable. It's a very emotional scene. We feel like so many like women that I've talked to, myself included, have been like, "I just want to go in and just like give him a big hug. Yes, tell him going to be okay." And it's like it's I think just, like so yeah, exactly. You're like you're like he's showing its like he's showing his emotionality. He's showing this very vulnerable side, and it's like I don't want to. I'm being invited into like join him in this emotional journey versus the other two. It's like I've, you were, you're like come in and join me and watch me work out, you know?
2: Muscles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: And I'm like, I don't care. Like emotional vulnerability is greater than big muscles.
2: Exactly. I, I love, I love that. I love everything that you said. And I, I agree with everything that you said. And I will say my last thing is that I feel I, I'm, I love that. It's almost like he said he's protecting her emotionally and he cares about her feelings. He cares about what she's going to do, that she's acting out on instant, you know, reaction or like she's not really thinking about the consequences of her actions. She's just acting because she's angry. And he's almost like, don't be me. Don't. No one really cared about me in this way. You know, don't do this. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, my gosh. You, you want to just want to hug him. Like you said, you just want to give him a big old hug.
3: <laughs> um, I just want to see it again. <laughs> y-
1: y'all, y'all, uh, y'all's discussion brought up two things uh, that it made me remember. Um, and and uh, one, one thing that happened in a film, one that's a parallel. So Batman says, I'm sorry. When yes. do we ever see Batman say I'm sorry? <laughs> I'm pretty to sure I pretty much wrote anyone. that
3: down in like one of my notes. It's like he said I'm sorry. What?
1: Yeah. And then the other thing is, I I have not really felt the emotion behind punches, besides when you know he injects himself with the adrenaline or venom, depending on who you ask, and he's, you know, punching the uh the guy because of what he did to Selena. And you know what it reminded me of? is when in the man of steel when zod in uh superman is dragging zod through like the corn peel, and he's like you think you can threaten my mother and it's just like same same thing same energy
2: same energy <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah
3: yeah no for sure when when i, I the when he like injects himself and in goes to save selena and it was like why is he like so violent it's like yes obviously like he's injecting himself with this but then it's also like tying back to the fear that's the other thing like in we we have such a clear motivation for like a clear understanding of what he's afraid of versus in Chris, christian bale it was just like bats right? <laughs> <laughs> right it's just like i'm gonna take this thing i was scared of and like become it you know had,
0: he's not Bell's not my favorite batman 100 i'm like yeah so i know what you mean <laughs> yeah
3: it's like that's the thing and i mean i love like the the nolan trilogy and 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 like but now that we have this one it's just you can look back now that we have like matt reeves batman and this like a very emotional vulnerable batman we can look back and be like oh my gosh i didn't know that like the things that are happening in this movie were possible in a batman movie and now i can look back and be like yeah no this makes this is so much more powerful because it's doing things that like these movies weren't doing and they weren't focusing on and so like when he's saving selena at that ending and is like punching the guy is that because we had the moment with alfred where he's like i realized i didn't like master because batman i feel like is all about mastering fear and just the, the fear is just like a constant part in the story just fear in general and the fact that like he was like I still haven't mastered this fear of feeling like I did when I lost my parents. And in that moment, it's like, oh my gosh, he's not only does he have that fear about Alfred, but then he realized like, oh, that fear also exists with Selena and that's why Mm. he was like so aggressive and you can feel it and it's so emotional and it's
2: so good, this is so good. (laughs) And shout out to Zoe for absolutely killing this role yes. as the F you to Christopher Nolan, thinking that she was too urban to play catwoman. Hap-
1: yeah. yeah.
2: Uh yeah. Live you tell. Thank you, Zoe. <laughs> it,
1: it wasn't it wasn't even cat. The crazy thing was, it wasn't even Catwoman that they said that Christopher Nolan or his casting director or whoever. It was a small role. So like that that makes it even worse. You know, because it's like it, it, the small, whatever small. I can't even think of a small role in that film for a woman. Like the ones I think of are um, Catwoman and and uh, Talia Al Ghul, and neither of them are small roles. So if you're talking about someone that is just like a member of the board or something like that, and you're just like, oh yeah, no, too urban. I mean, your literally your Gotham is literally Chicago.
3: (laughs) Literally, the water, the river.
1: It like it's it's all Chicago. There's no different.
3: Yeah, and it's like it's this movie too is is such it is it is such an example that quantity does not equal quality. We have two women in this movie, and it feels like far better representation of women. Hard leaps and bounds better representation than of women than some movies that have like a ton of of female characters cast, you know. And I'm like, again, quantity does not equal quality. Matt Reeves understood the assignment mm-hmm. to a degree that I truly did not think men were able to uh, prior to Joe Wright. Agreed.
1: Yeah, right. I love This movie.
0: Does anybody? All right. Before we close out, anybody have any other closing thoughts before we sign off?
1: Go see this movie. Yeah, multiple I mean, times. a lot
0: Most people have, I think. But yeah, definitely. I need to go see it again. And actually, maybe I'll bring. Uh, I'll bring my Bible this time, so I, you know, can actually <laughs> can, <laughs> can understand everything. okay I'm just with you guys. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely go see this movie. Um. Camilla, you want to you know you're on TikTok? you want to plug anything that you're doing? You can, you know, make sure you tell us your handle and any upcoming projects you're working on or anything you have done you want people to see. For sure, yeah.
3: So mostly you can find me on um, TikTok at, my username is at Um I mainly talk about Star Wars, but Batman is the only thing that has occupied my brain for the past week. Um, and because I have 26 pages of notes on this movie... There, the chances are very high that I will be making more Batman movies, uh, or not Batman movies. Uh, Ew, Batman. really?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm
3: gonna make a Batman movie, no Batman TikToks. Um,
1: are there then, any hand flexes in, in this movie?
3: There are a couple, <laughs> there are no hand flex, but there are a couple moments that are just like very hand. There's a when he's holding Selena, um. She, he, he, and his like hand is over his mouth, ma- her mouth. He like taps her like this, and it's kind of like a like a sh- like it's very gentle.
2: Stop, oh. you're killing me. <laughs> Kamilla, you have to see it again. Camilla is the, the queen
1: of Panflex talk.
2: I've got to see it again. Go
3: see it in IMAX. I'm my third, my third time watching it. My first and my third time were both in IMAX, and and my the, the when I see it again, I'm definitely going back into IMAX. Um. I I will, Chris next time I watch it I will log all of the hand flex moments and I'll make a video about it just
1: for you. <laughs> <reason. laughs> it's your um, hook shot.
3: Oh gosh. Yeah. But um, okay so that's that's TikTok and then and then yeah like Chris mentioned I have a Star Wars narrative podcast called Beings of the Galaxy. Um, and each episode tells the story of the different people in the background and how they are the heroes of their own stories. Um, Chris's episode is episode 2. Um, Letting her go is the title of this episode and it is a phenomenal episode. Um it's very emotional, and very beautiful. So definitely go check that out.
0: That's me. I need to make a TikTok. Sorry. Off topic. Uh
2: Shelby, do you have anything you want to share with the audience at all? Um, I mean I'll just share like what I do. Um sure. and maybe if you wanna check me out. It's not movie related, even though that's like my other passion, obviously. Um, but by trade, I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist. So I work with our veterans at the VA here in Michigan. And then outside of that, I have a private practice that I work with JR Counseling in uh, Clinton Township, Michigan. So you can check us out at JessicaLjRoss.com to schedule a session with me if you would like. Social media-wise, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, both Shelby B the R D. And my website, ShelbyBetheID.com, where I have recipes and blogs written by me covering various nutrition and health subjects. So, yeah, and then I was sort
0: of, oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, I knew I was like, I knew you had an online presence doing something, but I wasn't sure. And I forgot to ask you before. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The dietitian of cooking. Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, and then on Twitter I do try to incorporate some of my movie stuff cuz I'm really into that. So I um do movie. I used to write movie reviews for my college. So I I do like short movie reviews on Twitter. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. Well, uh Chris, you got anything else before we sign off? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Chris, you don't you don't have a TikTok, right?
1: Yeah, that totally doesn't exist.
0: <laughs> you don't even talk about your series with the presidents is pretty good.
1: Yeah, I'm slowly uploading those to, to YouTube since TikTok won't give me playlists. So uh hopefully that'll
0: You wanna explain what that it. is really quick or you wanna you wanna make yeah look for it? Okay.
1: Yeah, so so Madison Cawthorn uh is a congressman out of North Carolina I think and he made a tweet saying that the founding fathers would be appalled if they came, if they were around today and so my series sort of makes that more literal than I think he he wanted it to be in reacting to the various social strides that we have made in America and also reacting to historical events like the prohibition World War 1 World War 2 uh, the fact that FDR had more than two terms and George Washington can't just fathom that. Uh, so yeah,
0: I thought it was, it's very and by the way, it's, it's very funny. You freed the what? It's pretty, it pretty. Yes, funny. that was the first one. That was the but first one. You, you did. freed the what? Yeah, I'll uh yeah definitely uh check it out. Well, the Star Wars lawyer is your at on yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, until then, uh, thank you everyone for listening, and you know we hope to. We hope to be back again uh, pretty soon. Um, So yeah, until then, live long and prosper. And thank you to our guests for uh, coming on and sharing their knowledge today. Really appreciate it.
1: There are more of us.